CPC Discipleship Podcast, because the gospel changes everything. Welcome. Welcome back to the fourth and final episode of the Advent podcast. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm Joe Brown. I'm Gordon. And I'm Sarah. <laughs> Yay. Uh, and we've been doing this through, I, I actually was in a conversation with someone who thought the three of us are actually in a room together talking. They were like, oh, it's just so great that you guys are in a room, but we're actually doing this through, yeah. uh, I don't know, it's not Zoom, it's not Skype, it's one of these things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Making it all come together. Well, yes. that's great feedback. Makes it sound I'm, like we're in a room. <laughs> I'm glad it sounds that way. That's exactly what we were going for. We just wanted to lead everybody astray. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Not, at all. <laughs> Not like that. Yeah, so I'm I'm in my office and I'm seeing a window, three windows, me and one of them, and then Gordon and Sarah and the other. Where where are you guys? I am in my room above my garage, which is kind of my office. Okay. Slash, this is also where my dogs stay during the day. <laughs> so, so you're they, in the doghouse. I basically I just try to keep them out of you know Georgia, who has a job. <laughs> keep them out of her hair yeah yeah that's funny i'm um i'm in, i guess this is the guest room slash office slash where anything goes right now i'm doing a lot of shipments for things so there's lots of boxes in here <laughs> at one right. point it was a tv room so you never know what this room is going to be it's like the room of requirement <laughs> it is the room of requirement right now it's a podcast room it's a podcast studio. right now yeah. that's right Oh, how great would it be to have a room of requirement? That would be that would be wonderful. So great. Yes, I, I don't for those well, wait, for those that are not getting that of, reference. Yeah, that would that be is, me. What? That is a Harry Potter reference. Ah. Room of requirement. They, it's just some room that whatever you need, whatever you require, you get this room, and you just go to a certain spot, and I don't know, wish or do your Harry Potter magic to get what you want and it's just a room that you need at that moment whatever you need sounds at that amazing. moment amazing it sounds oh. absolutely amazing it's glorious yeah, nice. dumbledore's army yeah. <laughs> uh but enough harry potter uh enough goofing off we we've now come to the end as we mentioned of this podcast of this journey through the the redemptive history of the people of God. The first three episodes, we talked very quickly. I mean, it was a super fast survey of Old Testament work, the people of God mm. from uh, creation all the way to the coming back of the people of God to uh, Jerusalem and the rebuilding of the temple. And then there was, we didn't talk about it, but then there was this 400 years of silence, uh, this 400 years of people waiting 400 years is a long time. It's a long ah, time. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, and they're waiting. They know the prophecy. They know this from the seed of Jesse will come this Messiah. They know that they're in the land, but there's got to be more than this, right? There's got to be more than just the, this sort of rebuilt temple and uh, people are 
expecting and hoping, and maybe some folks are just already skeptical, like this will never happen. There will never be a Messiah yeah. come, right? right? And we get to this moment, this Christmas story that uh, the Messiah does come and he comes in the most weirdest, <laughs> just craziest way. Not as a king in Jerusalem, uh, not as, you know, even the king in, in Rome or uh, wherever he might be, but as born from a pregnant, poor, single mom, single teenage mm. girl. Uh, mm -hmm. That's like the lowest of low in the socioeconomic categories, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. And so we get in December 22nd, the reflection we have in our Advent Reflections is the story of the angel Gabriel coming to Mary. I wasn't planning on talking about this, but I always, I just think it's fascinating that we know the names of just a few angels, you know? Yeah. 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 Like we, we know Gabriel, we know Michael. Who else do we know? I don't know if I, I can't, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, I can't remember. I don't know. So, so in this story, Gabriel comes to this single betrothed, I was about to call her a woman, but she's really a girl. I mean, she's a teenager. We don't really know mm -hmm. exactly how old she was, but um, most certainly a, you know, an older teenager uh, of Mary and she's betrothed to Joseph as we know the story. And Gabriel comes to Mary and says, calm down. Don't be afraid. Every time angels come to humans, they always say, do yeah. not be afraid, right? Do not be afraid. <laughs> Must be terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. People who are like, yeah, I saw an angel. I'm like, I feel like your reactions would be a little bit different based on what we know <laughs> about scripture. Like <laughs> you would either like fall on your face and bow down thinking it was God or yeah, you would be terrified yeah. in some way because yeah. yeah, you're right. They always do. They always say, don't be afraid. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Every every person in the Bible who sees an angel or an angelic vision is terrified. Is terrified. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, she's greatly troubled. Yeah. I mean Yeah. Well. Yeah. Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. You have found favor with God. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. This is comes from Luke one, you know, the very first mention of this name of Jesus, he will be great. And we'd be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, the Davidic king, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. So if you were married, what would, how would you respond to that? <laughs> I don't even, I just, I think it would, you would, you would be like, did this just happen? I'm like, it's so shocking. <laughs> um, but if you had this relationship with God, you know, this belief, you know, you're mm -hmm. listening to something and you're seeing something so glorious that you're like, how do I even take this in? I don't know. This is, yeah. I mean, that is a yeah. great, I've been thinking a lot about Mary this like during Advent, just thinking about like what that looks like to have, um, to have her response to like, you know, 
well, in this part, she's like, how will this be since I'm a virgin? She's like, wait a minute, what? Right, <laughs> like, right. This is, <laughs> this is gonna, this is not the way that it goes, you know? Like, are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Before <laughs> right. we get to all that stuff about being from the line of David, can we just talk about the, like, basic facts here? How, yeah, how like is this, this possible? Yeah. Yeah, and this, this seems really impossible, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that's a, that's a, that's so human of us to be, to question God and be like, how are you going to do this? Like, that doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So I think I appreciate her just honest response in there. Like, what, how would this be? Practically, mm. <laughs> like, this yeah. doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, I don't know, though. I hope that I would receive it as well as she does, but I think right. I would be really scared. And yeah. we don't know all the things. Like, we miss a lot of, like, her going through all of, her pregnancy and everything, like just thinking about all of the fears that she could have. And, um, I don't know, just being Mm -hmm. like, this is a big deal. This seems like a lot of responsibility to make sure. I mean, I think when people, like, I know people, my friends who've been pregnant, like they're already thinking about all the things that they need to do. (laughs) Like, don't eat this, make sure you do this, like take these vitamins. I don't mean, I don't know what the equivalent of was in that time, but what are all the things that she's thinking this is the son of god like how do i do yeah. this yeah. i don't know <laughs> yeah those are some thoughts yeah you're right i mean that we typically think i, I was looking at the, the the scripture readings for today and um you know at this time of year you read this story and it when you read it it just it seems like it all happens like within a week's time yeah. <laughs> but i no. Uh, pregnancy takes a long time and there's all kinds of things that go on yeah. and that it's hard that, and I, I can't imagine how hard yeah. being pregnant would be in that day and age, yeah. uh, especially, and you know, all the dynamic stuff that comes along with that, with your family and like, how do you explain everything? Mm-hmm. How do you, mm-hmm. <laughs> cause they're going to start to notice, right? And I mean, all kinds of stuff. I mean, there's so much. There's so many things that you can. There's so much wonder mm-hmm. about this story that I, I find really interesting. I was just looking at some things this this morning about the story and just the whole, even just the trip from Nazareth mm-hmm. to Bethlehem for the census. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like uh, I think I read it was like it's somewhere between seventy and ninety miles. Mm-hmm. You know, and Today, with no traffic, it's like two hours, two and a half hours, apparently. But when you figure in, like, again, you know, we kind of read the story and you're like, oh, this happened over out there tomorrow, you know, first thing in the morning. But this probably took a long time. This could have taken up to two weeks, apparently. Yeah. Um, I mean, she was towards the end of her pregnancy and right. all kinds of stuff. There's just so much to kind of think about over the course of this whole process it's just amazing and to think like we've been looking at scriptures referencing people who were wondering and waiting for this and we just kind of jump into this story and now we're here and um there's so many different things going on in the midst of what god's doing it's really incredible yeah i agree i was just wondering um well just thinking of it waiting for 400 years like you were saying, there's nothing, it's just like silence and knowing that that's like where the Jewish people are in that time. Like they're, they've been waiting Mm -hmm. and then she's the one that something is revealed to. Right. And it's like, why me? How did I find favor with God? What does that mean? 
um, all these things like, but just to really feel that silence too. And then I don't know, like, it makes me think of like, you know, when it's really, really dark and then there's like a bright piercing light, like that's what it feels like in this narrative. Like we've been in this like dark place for a while and yeah. now it's like, whoa, <laughs> like, yeah. cause I think, you know, I think we've <laughs> heard the story if you've, you know, lived in America, you've seen nativity sets your whole life. Like you've seen, you've seen people, even if you don't go to church, you've probably heard the story in some capacity. And it seems so normal to us now, but it's like, this is really amazing to think about again, you know, with yeah. fresh eyes to think I'm, I'm a little, you know, teenage girl who is in this context of this larger story where there's been nothing, nothing for 400 years, <laughs> yeah. but, but like mm -hmm. a faith and a hope that something will happen and that a Messiah will come. And then all of a sudden I'm the one that someone's being, you know, coming to, Oh, it's going to be inside your belly. <laughs> like, yeah. wow. Ah. Yeah. 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 400 years was Jamestown. I mean, that was, that was like right. from us mm. right. back 400 years. I mean, that was a long time ago. Wow. And for That's Mary and Joseph, crazy. it was 400 years since these prophets that we have in scripture. Malachi specifically is the last book of the, uh, the new, te the old right. Testament in Christian Bibles, although it's not the last book in Hebrew Bibles. We don't need to talk about that, but 400 <laughs> mm -hmm. years from the, all these prophets. And yeah, like you're saying, Sarah, it's just this darkness, silence, waiting, patience. I mean, talk about patience. Right. I mean, we're impatient as a people. We're impatient after, I don't know, a year. I mean, we're we're in this COVID <laughs> yeah. pandemic for nine months, ten months. How long have we been in quarantine? The way mm. way it is, and we're already done, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah. I, and I just I think before we leave this Mary story, I think it's important to make mention of how faithful her response is, right? I mean, her in uh, verse 38, Mary said, or uh, I'm sorry, before the, um, yeah, uh, the angel told Mary about Elizabeth's <laughs> baby, which is John the Baptist and about Mary and, and Mary's response, behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. How, what a faithful, great thing that is. That's amazing. Yeah. Mary responded with such great faith, right? And then we have this, it's not in the reflection that we read, but it's the right after it. Mary goes and visits Elizabeth. Yeah. The baby in Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy. That's John the Baptist leaping for joy at the presence of Jesus mm -hmm. in the womb right next to him. Uh, I remember years ago going to see the Christmas story production that was put on by the Light and Sound Theater out up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Have you guys ever seen this Light Light and Sound? Yeah. Hmm. Oh yeah, I've no. seen uh -uh. like a virtual thing before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. So very well done. They, these are very well done productions. And I, I don't know this. Whenever hmm. I think of this story, I think of that production. The just two very pregnant women coming together on stage, so overjoyed to be with each other. Uh, mm. And then these two babies are also overjoyed to be with each other. And Mary's response is yeah. the Magnificat, right? However you right. pronounce that, like the great song of Mary, my soul 
magnifies mm. the Lord. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And it's so cool. Cause it's the, it's in the line. Like he's, she's being told there's going to be more like another night. And then a plate, like the people in the place, the land and a people, this is like part of, it's like the eternal kingdom, right? This is, this is, we're getting the, we're getting the rest. Like the story is coming to this place. Like it's yeah. so fun. And then just to mm-hmm. think, you know, Elizabeth is, I think it says, yeah, it's her sixth month. So this is like, God's been working. We just, mm-hmm. I mean, did Elizabeth know that until she saw Mary that it was right. like, I think she probably would have been like, this is a miracle anyways, but she probably was like, yeah, this is really a miracle now. Right. Like she's believing it even more. Um, mm. So cool. Very true. And that meeting, that meeting took place before, before they went yes, to the census. Yes, correct. Right? Yeah. That was so, and Elizabeth came to, I can't remember. Elizabeth came to see her. Uh, or Mary, she went to see or, yeah. Mary went and visited Zachariah yeah. and Elizabeth. Yeah. Right. So another just interesting, like from what I gather, Elizabeth, Zachariah, they, they lived south of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So this was, this was an area that was mm-hmm. a long way away. This is maybe just a little bit further right. south than like Bethlehem. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. The hill country. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was looking on a map and like, there was a lot of traveling <laughs> yeah. going on for yeah. her. You know, I, I think Mary's doctor probably told her, do not travel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just amazing to me that the amount of travel that was going on throughout this story. And and in some ways, I was thinking, one of the things I read, who knows if this is true, but like one of the things mentioned that because she was pregnant, towards the end of her pregnancy, when they went to Bethlehem for the census, they would not have gone the normal route because jo- uh, yeah. Joseph, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Her husband, he, he would have been probably right. very protective of obviously the whole thing and uh-huh. robbers, that kind of stuff along the trail. So they would have taken probably a different route, which would have taken longer. And one of those routes would have taken them oh, over the Jordan River. Hmm. So yeah. just, I don't know. It's just interesting to me, the amount of travel, the cross, the potential yeah. crossing of the Jordan River. Uh, it all sort of like kind of connects a little bit to the, the history of God's people, just the, the traveling, the constant moving around, these destinations uh, that had to be met. I mean, Bethlehem had to happen. Um, that was a part of the prophecy. So I don't know. It's just an interesting and I do, it, thing yeah, to think about. That is cool to think about and to imagine what, I mean, what would it have been like? We won't know until someday someday we hear the full story but right. i think right. like seeing her yeah praise the lord and sing again i'm just i'm fascinated that the response is singing <laughs> like even yeah. in the midst yeah. of right. traveling and pregnancy and worries and fear like there's i can praise the lord in that like again the people praise the lord after these moments and yeah um yeah. that's got to be the holy spirit helping us get to those yeah. places um so her response right. is so beautiful. Thinking of yeah. her song is like, wow. Mm-hmm. Would that be the way that I, you know, prepare him room in my life right now? <laughs> Please help me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yes. What is our res- what is our response uh, to something glorious when the the Lord does something glorious in our lives? How do we respond? Uh, yeah, I think most of the Christian life is a re- life of response. Maybe the entirety of it. 
And so it's a life of response. And the question is, how do we respond? How do we respond to adversity, respond to great blessing? I I know for myself, I usually respond poorly to both of those things Mm -hmm. in adversity. God, why are you doing this to me? Obviously has nothing to do about Mm -hmm. me or your glory. It has everything to do with you hating me for some reason. That's sort of my sinful response. Or when something good happens, I don't even think about God. Like, you know, I'm just like, oh, it happened right. because I'm so great or what, you know, whatever it might be. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. our response? Yeah. So then mm. we get to December 23rd reflection, and this is in the Advent reflections that we're reading. It's the story of the birth of Jesus. So we know the story that we were just talking about, the, The angel came to Mary, told Mary. The angel came to Joseph and told Joseph. And we don't know those conversations of what happened. Uh, You can only just speculate as to what those two talked about in those early days of (laughs) Mary's pregnancy. And then we just talked about the story of Mary and Elizabeth being together. Elizabeth gives birth to Joseph and Zachariah sings in praise, and it's a it's a glorious thing about uh, God's being faithful to Elizabeth and faithful to them. John the Baptist is out there, uh, and you know, honestly, he's like to me. John the Baptist is an enigma in a lot of ways, and just narratively, yeah. he's an enigma to me. And when I read this story, because why is he here? You know, like. I mean, I, I'm being, I, I know I have answers for it, but it doesn't, at first glance, it just seems like he's a hmm. peripheral character. And even, you know, John the Baptist's right. death is very, you know, inglorious and just, you know, right. he's head on a platter because Salome wanted it and he's just gone. And it just seems odd, but John the Baptist is preparing the way, right? And it's, there's a, narratively, there's this, He seems peripheral, but what John the Baptist is doing is helping us, the readers of the gospel story, to see that Jesus is more than just the divine son of God. Jesus calls us to Mm -hmm. repentance. There's something going on with us personally, you know? Mm -hmm. Anyway, I don't have a a question for that. It's just when I read these stories, I think about John the Baptist a lot because... Hmm. um, I don't know. He's a a minor character that I think actually has a major role. You know, it's funny. I hadn't even grabbed that in in terms of how you presented John the Baptist for us, the readers of the story um, and the connection to that, uh, you know, with repentance. Yeah. So that's that's a great, great opportunity to kind of think about it. You know, 400 years too goes by with, you know, complete silence. And all of a sudden you get this guy who, you know, feels yeah. like Elijah, right? And and he is the prophetic, right? He is the embodiment of, of you know, the spirit, quote mm-hmm. unquote, of Elijah, right? I mean, he is a voice in the desert. Mm-hmm. He's calling out. He's calling people to repentance. He's calling yeah. out the, <laughs> the rulers, and he's yeah. really putting himself out there. And, um, yeah, he's the last human prophet. I mean, he's the last non-divine mm-hmm. prophet out, outside of Jesus as our final prophet. Um, right. 
but he's the last one who's speaking the words of God to the people of God in a divine way. Like these are the words of God, repent, Mm -hmm. turn to Jesus. Oh, look, that guy over there, which actually we're going to get to. And in the very last reflection is John the Baptist finally point or not finally, but John the Baptist clearly pointing out to Jesus as Jesus, as the Messiah. But in, but in this story in December 23rd, uh, more, uh, well, Jesus is born and we get that in Luke two, one through, you know, seven, uh, the birth of Jesus. It's just seven little verses that explain, Mm -hmm. uh, that all of us, if you've been to church just once, you've heard this story, probably, uh, this story of the birth of Jesus, very ignominious, very small, very tiny in a little town that no one cared about. The Messiah was born in a barn. What a beautiful thing that just to remind us of the gospel turns the things we celebrate upside down. The things we celebrate are Mm -hmm. actually rubbish and the Mm -hmm. things that the world thinks is rubbish. God celebrates, you know? Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and and with all these people like Mary, Joseph, Elizabeth, Zachariah, John the Baptist, you know, throughout this whole process and this story, God is calling these people to do some radical, like live their lives yeah. very right. radically, right? I mean, they're doing like Mary's having uh, a child and- Yeah, I don't think that was in um, their family plan. Mary's- Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not in yeah. the yeah, none of this probably was in the plan, and certainly I would imagine because Zachariah was uh, mm-hmm. he was a priest, yeah. right? Yeah. So certainly, I mean, he had he already mm-hmm. had a plan right. for his life <laughs> laid out. Probably didn't imagine uh, his son becoming yeah. uh, a prophet, you yeah, know, like, right. like in that way. Um, he probably had, you know, he probably thought, well, he's going to become a priest just like his dad, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, like do the like be in the family be business. Be respectable. Um, don't don't wear camel's hair and eat bugs out in the what desert. Are you, yeah. Son, yeah, what are you doing? Take off yeah. the camel hair. What you know? What? Um, I, I don't know. It's just as interesting to God calls calls you to live a radical lifestyle for Him, and it just makes me think like. Most of the time, I think I, I in those situations, right. would be like, no way, right. there's no way I can do that. I'm too weak to do that. I'm, I'm not capable. Like this seems crazy, um, but God provides. And in this situation, he provided the Messiah. Yeah. I have so many thoughts again. Um, I, I've, I'm just, I'm thinking, um, <laughs> I love that you're saying that Gordon, because I think, you know, we've just gone through the old Testament and of, you know, quickly, but we've heard Moses, but he at one point's like, I'm not even more, I'm not eloquent God. Like I can't do this. And so then God gives him Aaron, but like he like responds in that way. Right. And then there's like Jonah, who's like going the opposite way, God, I don't want to do this. I'm like, we're done. Yeah. Um, and God keeps pursuing right. until he changes his mind. Right. And, but to have these kind of responses with Mary and John, where it's like, they're all in, they're doing it. Like, I mean, they're like, they're, they're allowed to question it, I guess. I mean, you know, I don't know. We don't know John's story all the way, but like their, their response that we get to hear about at least is like, okay, use me. Let me, let, mm. let me be part of this. I just think that's so beautiful. Just thinking of the history of people and just my own heart too. Um, but then also like, there's like this particular 
chunk of scripture, like knowing that we're like in history, like we're in time and space. Like when Caesar Augustus said that the world should be registered, like we're, this is like a real thing here. Like, thanks giving me the context here. And then, um, but then like just thinking the way that God works, he's so creative and I don't even know all the things, but I do know like Bethlehem means house of bread. And like, I know that Jesus is the bread of life. It's like, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. How cool Mm. is that? Mm. And like, you know, like these, Mm -hmm. these things. And I think Joe, correct me if I'm wrong. The sacrificial lambs are part of like who the the shepherds might've been watching over like the flock oh yeah yeah so so thinking even about that that these shepherds who are you know they're probably really dirty but they have this very special Mm -hmm. job that they're doing Mm -hmm. so that they probably feel a sense of dignity with Mm -hmm. their job i hope but i'm sure we all struggle with that in different ways but just thinking of of them knowing like they're kind of like lower than the low like you know they're they're shepherds i don't know i don't know exactly where they placed, but I feel like they were probably pretty like dirty. I don't know, (laughs) but they're watching animals and they are visited by angels too. And given, given this knowledge, but also like they must've talked about like, if this, this thing really works with these sacrificial lambs, like, what are we doing here? Is the Messiah coming? Or maybe some of them are really faithful. I don't know. You know, like just thinking about what, what their conversations are like watching these probably really cute lambs. Like I can't imagine (laughs) Like my sister and I, like we talk about that. Like if we had to, like, yeah. do something with our our dogs, like we'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't sacrifice my, you know, if yes. I had to, yes. like these cute little lambs. <laughs> Anyways, knowing that they're gonna have to die, and then being mm-hmm. being given this knowledge that the Messiah is coming, but they don't know. I mean, they don't know, like, the, behold, the Lamb of God yet, right? Like, but but they're like right. being revealed right. to as shepherds. Like, how cool! That's really cool. Like we know that now. And then like, and then Mm -hmm. the, the, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, like later on like that. I don't know. Just thinking of like, she must've told this story a lot (laughs) and said like, I treasured these things and I'm happy to tell them to you. But it's also just thinking all the things she's, she's had to treasure and mourn in her life too. Mm Um, yeah. Knowing, knowing the end of the story and yeah. all of that. Well, I wonder, I mean, the song mm-hmm. that she sings, the fact that it's been written down word for word by Matthew, mm-hmm. who wasn't there, I would imagine Jesus told this story mm-hmm. probably a few times uh, to these guys. And his, you know, this is all speculation, I know. But the, like the wonder of it, it is so, I don't know, it's it's kind of a blessing to me to, to wonder about these things because – this, I would imagine this is something she probably yeah. sang to him yeah. at some point, even, a, even as a, as a kid, mm. as an infant. Um, and that, that just, just breathes yeah. beauty yeah. to me <laughs> to know that like, this is probably how this yeah. song got passed down yeah. to be written. Let, let me tell you this song that my mom used to sing to me. Like, that gives me chills just to think about it. I, it. Just the whole story is so beautiful. There's mm-hmm. so much wonder to it. This conversation really uh, yeah. is a mm-hmm. blessing actually right now to be talking mm-hmm. about this because it's so heavy. Uh, it's it's world changing. It, it's uh, the mm-hmm. gospel changes everything, and and mm-hmm. it starts yeah. it starts here. That's that's re- that's really cool. Well, that's re- that's really cool to think about Gordon that she would be singing this to Jesus. Uh, yeah. And no, as you were saying, Sarah, knowing the end of the story, you know, no, no parent should have to watch his or her kid die and Mary does. Um, but she also sung this mm-hmm. song, 
you know, my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm. looking at her baby, looking at her boy as he grows up. Um, he is the savior of the world and she knows it. Mm. She sees it, or at least, uh, has an inkling of it. Like you were saying, Sarah, like pon- treasuring up these things, pondering them in her heart. Like she has this knowledge that something is something is going on here, especially, uh, you know, one angel showed up to Mary, one angel showed up to Joseph and they freaked out and they were like, don't, <laughs> don't be afraid. But a whole multitude right. of the heavenly hosts showed up to these shepherds. Mm. Like, right. Yeah. That would be, that'd be, that would definitely, that would definitely make a memory in my head. <laughs> and I wonder if they talked right. about their angel right. sightings and like the glory. I'm sure they did. I mean, yeah. like just yeah. to be like, were you terrified? You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. Yes, I was. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. 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 And so, well, you know, the, the, I think it's interesting, like I was saying before, like how people respond to things and the shepherds responded by saying, Hey, let's go, let's go check out what these angels were talking about. And they, you know, went to Jesus and, you know, Mary responded with faith. Joseph responded with faith. You know, all these people are responding with faith. And then we get to the next story, the story of these people in the far east, the Magi, mm. and they don't get an angelic vision, mm. but they get a, a heaven vision, <laughs> or not not of the actual heaven, but mm-hmm. of right. the sky, the heavens, mm-hmm. um, and they yeah. you know they look at their they look at this closed system. They they know the stars. They know that you know, I mean. I, I'm a very, 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 very amateur astronomer. I love looking at stars. I just think it's really cool to see that they move, you know, in, they move together, Mm. you know? Yeah. When I, when I got the privilege to go down to South Africa with my wife, I was so excited for many reasons. But one of the reasons I was excited is Mm. because there are constellations Right. In the southern hemisphere that we don't get to see, mm-hmm. like there are stars oh, wow. that we don't see up here on the northern hemisphere, like right. most famously the Southern wow. Cross. And so, if you talk to my wife, she would mm. tell you, yes, every night Joe would be like, "Hey, look, there's the Southern Cross." <laughs> um, it's just re- yeah. it's just fascinating how God built this whole system to to work, you know, it's like a, it's like it, it, it all mm-hmm. works together. You know, s- science is built yeah. on this concept that it's not random, but mm. that there is order mm-hmm. to things. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what these magi saw. They, they like studied the order of things and were like, Hey, all stars go this way, but there's this one random star <laughs> that's not yeah. doing What's what it's supposed here? to do. <laughs> Right. Uh, right. It makes me think of like how God uses, I mean, all the different means to reach us, you know? I mean, these people Mm. were were not his people, right? They're from the East. So they, they didn't have the concept of a personal God or even maybe, I don't know exactly what they believed, but, but they knew, they knew that it was, something was important about the stars and Mm -hmm. we have to pay attention to them. And this was like, Mm Just kind of like with the shepherds, they made haste. They were like, we got to go. This is important to go see what's going on here. But something about this situation was like, this is important. We got to go. 
and see what's going right. on here in the same way, yeah. but just different means, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah. Love that. I, I love narratives. I just think it's so great the way the gospel is written in a story form. And I love that the Magi were like, oh, this star is pointing us to this kingdom in Jerusalem-ish area. Like we know, oh, the, the Jewish Israel people are over here. So this is where we're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And a king was born. So we're going to go to Jerusalem. Like this is where <laughs> you're supposed to go. Right. And they go there and the king, Herod, is not too happy that another king has been born, according to the Magi. Uh, he's very angry about that. And his people are like, well, actually, according to what the Old Testament tells us, the king's going to be born way down there in Bethlehem. And so that's where they end up going. I just mm-hmm. I love I don't know. I just love the irony of that. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's irony, but yeah. It's something. Um, well, it makes me wonder too. Again, just some <laughs> speculation, but uh, it makes me wonder if the, the the three magi had any, if they'd ever, if they had ever bumped up against, uh, you know, Old Testament prophecy, because um, the Roman Empire was huge, huge. at this point, and I, I think it even extended toward, oh, yeah, out definitely. towards India, which would have been in the yeah. east. So, I wonder if you know. I mean because of transportation and all the stuff that they had been able to, uh, you know, accomplish mm-hmm. technologically. I, I wonder if maybe they, they had a sense or knew of this uh, prophecy. And is it Micah five, chapter five um, in verse two? I think it's, yeah. it talks yeah, about Bethlehem specifically. King would arise from ancient days. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, an, it's more speculation, but I just think it's kind of interesting. It's not, yeah. And I don't think uh, speculation sometimes has a negative connotation. Like there is some negativeness, negative things <laughs> you can do with speculation. That's what I'm trying to say. But what right. we're doing is right, right, right. just supposing in that blank spaces. And we have plenty of blank spaces in the story mm-hmm. that when we get to glory, we'll right. say, hey, God, fill us in on some of those blank spaces. I would love to see it. Um, <laughs> right. But we obviously, yeah. anything that's not yeah. written in scripture, we just don't know. Yeah. Right. And um, yeah, filling in those right. blank spaces is helpful. But of course, you know, it's not bad. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. Well, it also makes me I, – it's amazing to me that John the Baptist survived um, Herod's, you know, decree to, to kill all the infants yeah. under two because he, he wouldn't have been that far away right. at that time. I think he and Jesus maybe like a year – he's like a about, year older yeah. maybe. Um, so, yeah, about a year older. So he would have fallen into that category, and nobody right. told him That's to leave. <laughs> so – it's amazing that just the way God planned all this out and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. all for his glory. I mean, it just, it's all going to yeah. work for his glory. And this yeah. is a clear case of that. Yeah. Amen. I, I think our last reflection, we get back to John the Baptist. Uh, it's the testimony of John. And you know, that he's out there proclaiming the gospel that he knows, which is, you have sin, repent, someone is coming. He who is before me is greater than me. Mm. Um, you know, this great, uh, John the Baptist's test, his gospel is 
there's going to be someone coming from behind me who's actually came before me and he's above me. You know, this is what John the Baptist is saying. He's after me, but he actually came before me and he's above me. He's much better than me. And this is what John Mm. the Baptist keeps saying over and over again. Right. And it's sort of confusing his followers, which he has followers. They're confused by it and they don't really know what's happening. And he's like, look, the strap of whose sandal I'm not worthy to untie. He's coming. And there he is. You know, verse 29 of John 1, the mm-hmm. next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, mm-hmm. behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You know, uh, maybe the very first human being to actually point to Jesus and declare openly at a fidelity of faith in him. You know, he is mm-hmm. the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Yeah. And what a great testament. That's beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't thought about like that in some ways he was kind of calling Jesus out, but he was also yeah. confessing. He was like, it's like you were saying this, he was probably the first person to, to point at Jesus yeah. and confess. Like, yeah. He's the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's going to take away mm-hmm. my sin and yeah. your sin. And it's yeah. the foreshadowing of, he says, lamb of God. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's significant yeah. in the mm-hmm. Jewish, you know, the atonement of, of a mm-hmm. perfect spotless lamb. It's like, wow. I mean, narratively, Joe, we've got some foreshadowing <laughs> and, and yeah. it's like, it's, but it's, it's <laughs> but it excited. really is. So it's, it's incredible that he's been given yeah. eyes to see this. And I mean, that's what the, you know, prophets mm-hmm. can do but it's like he's like i've i've my participation in this is to make the way for him i prepare a road for him to walk on the way like he's gonna do it all Mm -hmm. but i can like if i can do anything i'll cry out you know i'll help you know and i think you know you know what's interesting i was thinking about what you're saying about john the baptist um is just about him like why is he in the story what like you know it ends really badly for him (laughs) like there's just a lot (laughs) but but if you think of you know little early church and a lot of Christians throughout the world, like things don't always go well for us, right? Like there can be really hard, terrible things that we walk through. There's martyrdom, mm-hmm. right? There's all these, um, thing, you know, all the, I, I think about this often, like the disciples, like 11 out of 12 of them, right? Have pretty horrible deaths. Is that right? And, uh, or maybe yeah, we don't, we don't really, know. really know, but yeah, but there's speculating, speculating. There's, there's a lot of things going to be hard for them. Um, yeah. And, you know, and then we know that John was exiled <laughs> to be isolated on an island. <laughs> like, we know some things. But but it's it's just amazing to think that he's in this story and it's still going according to God's plan. Mm-hmm. Even though that really hurts to think about. <laughs> mm-hmm. As, yeah. like, mm-hmm. okay, suffering again is going to happen. This is, this is, this is hard. But he has the peace and the joy that surpasses all understanding because he knows this this guy is worth following this god this man this god man Mm -hmm. (laughs) is everything and nothing else matters and that is like the spirit's work for sure (laughs) to give him those eyes to see that um yeah and how cool that we get to have that i mean we can behold the lamb of god right we can behold him and mm. be a part of participating yeah. in, in helping other people 
behold him. Behold him. Like we, like this, like Jesus doesn't come yeah. alone. Like he comes with a family. He comes with extended family. He comes with neighbors and friends and enemies. <laughs> like he comes with a nation. It's like, we all get to participate in this like web of people that God's put us together with. You know, it's like, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful to remember mm-hmm. that. And, um, mm-hmm. and to, we, we get to bear witness with our lives and with our stories and, I don't know. It's just awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. I love that. It is awesome. awesome. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You know, John the Baptist saw his, this is what you were talking about just a few moments ago, Sarah. Like I view my comfort far above. I view my sin. You know, my comfort is more important to me than my sin and dealing with it. Uh, and that's wrong. And John the Baptist had that very clearly flipped. Right. And he saw, yeah, I, I guess if I went and did what my daddy did, I could probably just be a really good, I could get a good, well-paying job and mm-hmm. not deal with a lot of stuff and live a long, old, happy life. Uh, but I, John the Baptist, see that sin is a big problem. <laughs> it's a big problem in me and in others. And I got to deal with it. Like I have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And the way to deal with it is we need the lamb of God to take away the sin and we need, we need Jesus. And I got to tell people about that. And I got to proclaim that. And like you were, like you were saying, Sarah, like behold, like we need to behold Jesus. Like that's the whole point of this whole thing. Right. We need to behold Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the Christmas story. You know, it's like if a baby is born in our family, our community, like we can't wait to go behold a baby, right? Like actually hold and like, behold, this is a person. Mm -hmm. This is a miracle. Every time I see a baby, I'm like, you are a miracle. (laughs) And, (laughs) but this is like, this is Jesus, the, you know, and he's now grown into a man at this point, but, but like just that idea of the Christmas story is beholding him in Mm -hmm. um, the incarnation of God who who chose a body, who chose to be a human, <laughs> just yeah. to to take that on for us. I mean, yeah. wow. Mm. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. That'll grab you. So grab you. how does all this we've we've wrapped up the Advent story. We've wrapped up the the root of Jesse. Jesus has from the very beginning of from before the beginning of time. Jesus has planned to come and become the Lamb of God. And we walked through how God revealed that to the people of God uh, all the way up till now. Mm-hmm. So do the three of us have any final thoughts about uh, this survey that we've done, this journey that we've done? Hmm. I was thinking this morning before we pressed record on this podcast, just the journey that we've kind of been on throughout the podcast and typically, you know, year to year and people who know me, uh, they know that I hate Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Everybody. And I laugh at it. I, I hate. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Hate's a strong word, but what I, you know, there's a lot of things I, I don't, I like just, I don't like about Christmas, but this has been really fantastic because I don't think I, I ever really asked a question. You know, normally when we read the Bible, when we study the Bible, when we study certain passages about it, we always look for how do we apply the scripture to our lives? And I think most of the time for me, when you hear that at the end of the year and Christmas is here and we go through the story, we go through it, 
we have Christmas and then we move on. Mm-hmm. The New Year's here. Woohoo! Start over, making goals. We're beholding a whole bunch of other stuff, right? And that's what I do. I, I behold a lot of things, and I, I think this is this year in particular has given me quite the opportunity to to really kind of think about like what are the things that I have been holding on to that I think are so amazing and so great about myself, about the world, about this or that. Um, and I, this is like I'm so glad that you brought that up, Sarah, in terms of beholding the lamb, like. That that's that is that is what we should be doing every single day of our lives, beholding the Lamb of God who takes yeah. away our sins. You know, I was just reading about the Passover and how, you know, God told His people, "Put the blood on your doorpost, and I will see the blood, and I will pass over." Like yeah. He He is mm-hmm. passing over your sin. Like He's given you a new spirit. He's created yeah. us a clean heart. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just really moved by the power of this story and just the way that you can daily apply the Christmas story every single day by beholding the lamb of God um, and letting go of all those other things that they really just are rubbish. Like you said, uh, Joe earlier, it's, it's all just rubbish. It's all just a bunch of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's running through my head right now. I'm just really kind of blown away by the power of the Mm -hmm. Christmas story. Yeah, I think that, you know, I'm really grateful for this time. Thanks for inviting me on. Um, I am grateful for that. Um, but this, just being able to really see the big picture, something that I just want to say to encourage people, because I know this time, I mean, it's winter, it's cold, it's dark. There's a lot to fear. <laughs> I'm sure we're greatly troubled. I've been talking to a lot of people we're greatly troubled, um, about many things. Mm. Um, some people have, you know, family things that are going on that are really hard. Some people are dealing with grief and death. Um, and just a lot of confusion and that kind of thing. So it's just, you know, sometimes all the commercial stuff of Christmas can feel like, what are we doing? Like what's going on, Mm -hmm. but to really be able to focus in on this Advent season and think, this is why he came. Like he knew what it would take. Um, and this is his, I mean, he's like, come to my birthday party. Like, this is it. You, here's your divine invitation. <laughs> you belong, you belong here with me. Yeah. I love you. I, I want a relationship with you and I don't want you to feel like you don't belong. Cause you do like, no, yeah. really you, you, wherever you are, wherever, like, thing that you're believing about yourself that why you don't qualify like that doesn't matter anymore because God has given us like even playing playing field in his his blood right like he's giving us this divine invitation um because he loves us and it we don't it's crazy amazing grace like we do not deserve it and so just to remember that like in this season like that's what we're doing we're celebrating the birth of our our savior like (laughs) this is Mm -hmm. really good news and so I I think that I need to remember that and I need, you know, maybe I can remind you that today and you can remind me that tomorrow. <laughs> like, and we can keep reminding, yeah. reminding yeah. each other that um, to help, help us behold him. So, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but thank you for mm-hmm. letting me be mm-hmm. on here. This is fun. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I, Joe, how about you, buddy? I think like I'm pondering going back through all these stories that we've discussed and I'm realizing how uh, much God has a plan 
Um, and I am thankful for that. And I'm thankful for the reminder that God doesn't change his mind. It's not like he had plan A and that messed up and now he's on plan B and that messed up. So we're on plan G right now, but that's not, that's not the case. Like this (laughs) whole thing has been planned out. Even Mm. the pandemic, even coronavirus, the quarantine, all that stuff, that's part of God's plan. Like he knows, he knew before time that this was going to happen in 2020 and he planned for it and he's using it for our own good, for his glory. And I'm just reminded that even in these like really dark times, like those 400 years of silence, uh, even in those dark times, like Mm. God has a plan and God's using this for his glory and, and for our good. And I don't know that that's what comes to mind. I'm thankful for the reminder of that as we surveyed these stories. Um, Well, I believe we come to the point where we conclude with prayer and it is my time to pray. So I'm going to read this prayer. This is the December 23rd reflection. Uh, This is a prayer that will conclude our Advent podcast. So let's, uh, let's pray together. Grant, Almighty God, that we, having been all slaves to sin and to iniquity, but regenerated by the Spirit of thine only begotten Son, may truly and with sincere desire seek to serve and worship thee alone, and so consecrate ourselves to thee, that it may appear that we do not falsely profess the name of Christ, but that we are truly his members being partakers of that new life which he brought us. And may we make such progress in it that having finished our course on earth, we may at length come to that fullness of life and happiness that has been procured for us by him and that is laid up in heaven for us. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. Amen. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Merry Christmas, guys. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Kala Christiana. Right. <laughs>